would have been terrible. I mean, so brutal. Just like, just go through to the entire thing and be like, oops, hey, I'm entirely sober. And then I completely forgot to uh, record. I would be like, yep, we're going to just do it tomorrow. Even if we got halfway through, no, fuck that. Good thing your boy's on his toes. Or else. I, actually, I actually did notice that it wasn't recording. Oh, why don't you, what if you just not said anything? Just been like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. I would have done it after the record, after the intro. I'd be like, hey, you didn't record. This is 100% the first time that I like genuinely didn't notice. Good thing I went up to get a beer or else we would have been in deep shit. Because I didn't yeah. even have that window open. I just wanted to make sure, like I went to click on it and be like, oh, I'm recording, right? And then clicked on it. I was like, no. No, I'm, I'm not. not. Biggest bonehead move of 2020. Really funny. I've been so shitty. Speaking of intros. What is up, you non-human creatures? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the second trample counter, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the colossification on a shore shark, Matt. Matt, what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot, dude. Staying, staying healthy. Staying inside. Staying inside. I'm going to tell you something, Matt. Might be an unpopular opinion. I think this, this COVID-19 thing might be the best thing that's ever happened to my friend group that I started playing magic with because I have not like spoke to them as frequently and played as much magic with them as I do now being at home alone on magic online. I can believe that. See people like, that you never really get to see. Like when we started playing magic, we would probably play like like twice a week. It was like, like on a Wednesday and then we would do it on a weekend. And then when everybody moved away or like had jobs and shit, we would play like once a month. Or like every pre-release we would get together, which is like, what, every three months or something like that? Yeah, a little bit farther than that, but yeah, something something along those lines. Yeah, now we we play like multiple times a week. That sounds about right. Like, it's a Thursday today. I think I played Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I played Magic. And then on Wednesday, before I had to leave the house, I sat and talked about deck building with one of my friends. We didn't play Magic, so that doesn't count. But I did sit and I talked about deck building little mental exercise yeah i mean because we're all just trying to like figure out new commanders because i'm now addicted to commander yeah you've been going pretty hard on I building commander decks fucking love command i have built since this quarantine started i seven brand new commanders. that's a lot of commanders dude yeah there was a week where i built like four of them in like a three-day time span yeah you did go pretty hard on that yeah and then i was like okay maybe i'll like pump the brakes maybe i'll slow down uh and then this week i built three more <laughs> so you were doing a lot of the we'll call it the popper oh see popper that was, commanders or whatever, when we started right? playing like we were just doing casual decks and then oh for a while there we were hooked on playing popper but we played popper commander which is again fucking incredible format it is so slow and do nothing it is the perfect game if you just want to sit around and just cast like cards that were okay in draft and drink beers it's the perfect format for that you don't have to think because none of the cards are that good you're just yeah, like, none of them are that good. Yeah, you're just throwing bad cards at each other, and eventually somebody like gets an Ulamox Crusher and wins the game. <laughs> yeah, something eventually happens. It's a great format when a like Ulamox Crusher is in every deck, regardless of whether it's an aggressive deck, a control deck, a mid range deck, combo deck. Every deck has to have an Ulamox Crusher because that's like the only win condition in the format. <laughs> it's that it's a bad. Pretty good win condition. I mean, it has to attack. And it's an 8-8 eight, eight, Annihilator 2. Yes. So it's like, you just have to get busy and just start throwing it at your opponent. Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, get busy annihilating or get busy uh, losing the game. That is the biggest, baddest boy in 
It's not even a boy. Biggest, baddest creature, I guess. He's the biggest, baddest common. He's a terrifying creature. I love that card. The best cards in that format are the Tron. See, but like even in Commander, Tron is obviously not good. Commander, not, I guess, but I guess Popper on a regular. Yeah, just like normal normal Popper. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bee's knees. No, but we've been playing. I think I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago. We started a format called Wooden Nickel, which we've now changed. We've dropped the E-N, so it's now just Wood Nickel, because that just sounds better. Probably for the best. It does sound much better. Wood Nickel. It just rolls off the tongue. We're, I mean, so every card in our decks are under five cents on Magic Online. There are so many fucking cards under five cents on Magic Online. It's insane. There's actually, like, good cards, too, that are under There's five cents. Disgusting cards. Like, I did the one of the decks I just built this week is Niv-Mizzet, the... Well, it doesn't matter which one it is because I have both of them in my deck. So, like, there's the Firemind. I believe that one's my commander. And then uh, Nibbiz at Draco Genius is also in the deck and legal. Yeah, those are both pretty good either way. Yeah, and I get to play with, like, Treasure Cruise in this deck. I'm looking at the deck list now. Um, Factor Fiction is legal, which is nuts. Melek is legal if you're into that for a commander. He's pretty cool. I don't know which one that is. Uh, Melek is at Paragon. He is six mana, four in a blue and a red. Uh, you play with the top card your library revealed, and you can play instant or sorceries from the top of your library. And if you play an instant or sorcery from the top of your library, you copy it. Oh, seems pretty good. Yeah, he'd be super good. And I like I just built this deck in like maybe two hours and threw it together and then just jumped in like a commander league on Magic Online. And I was playing against real people playing like actual decks. And I just like landed my commander and then just drew a million cards. It felt so good. Yeah, that seems seems like it would be good. Oh, it's so much fun. And then, like, also you can just build bad decks. Because that's each opponent, isn't it? Well, Niv-Mizzet, the Firemind, it's whenever you draw a card, it deals a damage to any target. Any target. Not... Yes. And if you want to play this budget format and you want to win, I feel like this guy's the commander for it. Because if you put, like, Curiosity on Niv-Mizzet, it's an infinite combo. Yeah, you just win. Yeah. He just deals the damage and then you draw a card, assuming that you have enough cards in your library to uh, not deck yourself before you do the killing. Which shouldn't be that hard. You're a blue-red deck. Yeah. Can go get some cards. Yeah, I mean, and like, I think I have some stuff in the deck that prevents me from milling. The one big thing is none of like the Thassa's Oracle or uh, like Laboratory Maniac. Those aren't legal in this format because they're like a dollar on Magic Online. Oh, damn. Yeah, right? Backbreak. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> but I built these seven decks. I think I spent, like, t- in total, $11. How do you do it, man? Do you need a 401k or... Well, I got my Trump change. So The Trump that, change, yeah. Yeah, now I'm swimming in it. I'm, I'm literally... I'm going to buy a Bentley next week. After that, I'm probably going to buy a Lamborghini. I'm rich. Sounds like it. Damn, dude. <laughs> You're killing it over there in Seatown. <laughs> Listen, Carrolltown, land of kings. So I've heard. <laughs> And for those of you out there who is the vast majority of you who don't know what Carrollton is, um, it's not. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay. I mean, a town with a population of like 13. Come on, dude. You at least have 15 people. Oh, you're right. No. Yeah, that's right. That that kid was just born last week. Yeah. So, see? Yep. Duh. Yeah, we got bumped up to 15. You're right. You're right. You're right. When I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> so, Matt, have you been playing any magical recently? Uh, No, but I will be here soon. Oh, Yeah. Gonna be playing some old school over the vi- the interwebs. I was say, how do you plan on doing that, dog? Interwebs. Duh. Are you you're jumping on the uh, the streaming? Yeah, definitely gonna do some of that. I love that 
you you're going to be playing old school with a webcam like with technology like the oldest possible format to play match of the gathering and you're just using the highest tech technology you could possibly think of hell yeah when worlds collide it's reuniting nostalgia with modern technology and it's easy i mean the streaming stuff too is like relatively easy if you just have a web webcam i mean hell most not even doing that dude over the phone little tripod thing set up oh you're right most everybody carries around a little computer in their pocket yeah hell i mean willing to venture that most people who are listening to this are probably using a cell phone that's a fair assumption technology some people yeah technology's wild I can't believe I'm stuck using this antiquated technology that is Magic Online when you guys are using these high-tech camera phones. We're living in the 3000s over here. Yeah, basically. Well, this now, The future is now. The future is now. And who's, speaking of the future being now, Acoria. We spent now. the past few weeks talking about it. Now we got the whole entire thing. No more teasing. We got the actual full set, and you can play with it right now. If you're listening to this right now, you can go online and play Acoria because... I just did. Right before we started recording, I was drafting online, Magic Online. And I want to say you can also do it through Arena, too. Because they were, I I saw some streaming people were playing. I don't know if it's like an early release event, but they were playing Aquaria uh, Standard. Yeah. I mean, hey, sells tickets. Yeah, I guess so. Or gets views. I guess it doesn't sell tickets anymore because we can't go anywhere. We can try. It's not going to get you anywhere. But yeah, so we have, me and Matt spent... I would say a solid 20 minutes looking through the entire complete spoiler. And the only thing that we really talked about during the entire thing was limited. There was only what one card that you wanted that we really wanted to talk about out of the remaining spoilers. Yeah. The new, uh, the completion of the ultimate cycle. Yeah. That, cause I know we made a big hubbub about it. Hell, I named the episode last week from the ultimatum cycle. We finally got the complete cycle. This new one is the Genesis ultimatum. And I think this one, might be my favorite one out of the group it seems like the best honestly you just you go get five things and you're set i think it's a toss-up between this one and the soul tie one for me at least which one's the soul tie one again that one's like the pseudo gifts ungiven where you can go get three cards uh you put one of them get shuffled back in and you cast the other two see that's more degenerate and i do like i'm all on board for degenerate so you don't get me wrong yeah being a piece of shit yeah, but this one seems um, more, what do you want to call it? Fair? Do you just fair. want to say fair? <laughs> well, it's not even fair. Well, it is. I guess that's true. I don't know if any if, if anybody ever casts an ultimatum. It never seems fair to the person getting it cast against them. But it's not, this well, one's it not fair. Well, it is fair. It's seven fucking mana. It's not like anything well, let's, stupid Let me read Genesis Ultimatum, and then we'll discuss on how fair this card is. Um, so like I said, Genesis ultimatum, the fi- the last of the ultimatum cycle, it is two green, three blue, two red for a sorcery. It reads, look at the top five cards of your library, put any number of permanent cards from among them onto the battlefield. And then the rest go in your hand, you exile Genesis. So like, I can imagine a scenario in a deck where you can manipulate the top of your library with say like a brainstorm or something. And you just put like, you, you do brainstorm, you put back you know, like an Emrakul or an Ulamog's Crusher on top of your library. And you just cast this and then you just get seven mana. You just flip over like 30 mana worth of spells. Yeah, this is this is the Teamer one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could easily just play Teamer and just get some big, dumb green idiot. Oh, yeah. That's a real thing you could do. 
and like they all enter the battlefield at the same time. So if there's any triggers or anything that would occur, uh, like if you would flip like a crater hoof behemoth and like an Avenger of Zendikar, you would trigger both of those. That seems pretty good. Yeah, and then you just you're wild now. Like you said, you could just happen to dump out thirty mana worth of stuff. I guess the fair part of this comes from um, there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to know what's on the top of your library. So you could just flip absolute garbage. Like there's going to be a time where somebody does cast this card and they just smash five lands. That's going to be pretty good. that happening. Not zero, I guess. Yeah, but it's not like super likely. That's also very it's true. it's going to happen. Oh, undoubtedly. It'll happen at some point. And that person, whenever that happens to that person, that person is going to quit playing magic the second that spell resolves. Like if that would ever happen to me, I'm taking Genesis Ultimatum out of the sleeve and I'm ripping it into millions of pieces and then i'm never playing magic again well it'll happen that's just fact it's just a matter of when it'll happen yeah but for every time you somebody just rips five lands somebody's going to rip five creatures like game ending creatures oh yeah that'll happen for sure. there's no doubt about it i think this is going to be pretty popular uh commander oh big time i think all of them sans the jeskai one are going to be very good in commander and I'm sure even the Jeskai one, like, has its place. Does it, though? No problem. I mean, it does draw five cards. Because <laughs> that one is quite terrible. It's not great. It's really not great. But you know what? We did ask a Twitter qu Twitter question last week. And it what did pertain the... with cycles. Our Twitter question was, what is... Because we gave our favorite cycles. We wanted to know what the listeners' favorite cycles were. And we had some solid answers. Dennis said, because he's a, a mean person... First of all, he did say that he liked the swords. So Yeah, I, I did see that. And I appreciate that because the swords are the great. That's obviously number one. And then he had to go back on his word and say the Eldrazi's. Is that a cycle? I guess it is technically a cycle. Oh, I'd call it a cycle. I mean, those cards are so mean. Again, I just talked about flipping all of these with the the new Genesis Ultimatum. That's true. Anything's good when you get it. three of them for seven or five of them for seven mana. It's true. Almost any. It is hard to argue against uh, free spells. It's just like you take collect a company and then multiply that by like a thousand. No, I'd still rather play collect a company. <laughs> Fair enough. I was like, wait a minute. Let me think about that. Frigging crazy. If you think that is, that's correct. Dennis also mentioned that listening to the top fives makes him want to make a cycling or a cycle cube. I saw that because that's when you put those shitty cycles in. That the leech cycle? What are you talking about? That should have been an honorable mention, if we're going to be honest. If we're going to be honest, I don't think we'll be friends anymore. You don't like the leeches from, what is it, uh, uh, Apocalypse? No, they're terrible. They're so bad, <laughs> but you have to include them. Do you, though? That makes me think of, like, what are the worst cycles? Ooh, there's some bad ones. There's some real shit ones. The leeches might be the top worst cycle. Uh, definitely not the top worst. For those of you who don't know, the leeches, I believe they're from Apocalypse, but they're just creatures that are, like, kind of good for their mana cost, but then they make every other spell you cast of their color cost an additional one of that color more. So, like, the, and green, one, the green one is a four-mana, or, a, yeah, four-mana five-five, but it makes every green spell you cast from there on out one green, man, one green mana more. And they are uh, generally under-costed. Yeah, like, the green one is a, like I said, a four-mana five-five. The blue one is a two-mana two-two flyer, and the black one is a three minute two two, but it does have an ability to give itself a plus one plus one because sure. God, I love I love bad cards. There are I was just thinking 
that should be one of our cycles moving forward. The top five best bad cards. Best bad cards. Because there are some of them. There we are some do real... an entire episode of bad cards. Like good bad cards or bad good cards? I don't think there is bad good cards. I would say there are bad good cards. What bad good cards are there? Um, Wait, well, don't you have to put me on the spot like that. There's got to be some like cards that are just like awkwardly powerful. Like they shouldn't be as good as they are. See, that's not bad good cards. That's just stupidly good cards. Just d- awkwardly good cards. You give me a week and I'm going to find a list of bad good cards. Oh, never mind. Don't even need a week. Right now, Norn the Weary. That's not a good card though. Oh, yes, it is. That it's card other, is so good. It, no, 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 no. It is other cards that make that card good. Yeah, but him by himself, he triggers so much stuff. He like, triggers stuff, but he's not good without the stuff to trigger it. Sure. But, I mean, magic is a game of context, dude. I hate you. We'll talk about Norn a little bit later. <laughs> Let's finish talking about Ikoria. Because, like I said, we have the whole entire spoiler. And when me and Matt were talking about it, we were just fixated on the the future of Ikoria. At least in the limited format. And my worry about this format, first of all, is that it is a very good draft format that is just going to fade into obscurity because of the current uh, world that we're living in. Yeah, we're in no man's land. Yes, 100%. So I'm afraid that we have a good format on our hands that is not going to get the love that it needs or should get. Yeah, I think that you are correct in that just as people aren't really playing paper magic people aren't going to their lgs and playing no and it's like you can't really buy boxes forever because the release is delayed and you really shouldn't be not saying that people aren't uh shouldn't be within that close to people no yeah i agree 100 percent. so like you're you're not going to get a chance to play with these cards in paper but you already have the ability like as of now to play with the digital versions of these cards yeah so I'm, I think that I'm just going to end up drafting this like a good handful of times on Magic Online. And by the time it comes up on paper, I'm just going to be like, oh, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I've got my fix. People are going to buy this for like the special cards after not going to be like, oh, I want to go draft this again after people have been drafting the shit out of it. Well, that brings up a good question too. Like they really kind of did go all out with these like fancy cards in this set with the, the uh, Godzilla cards. And the also like crazy cartoony art cards. If this set doesn't sell particularly well, do you I, do you think that's going to put a damper on these kind of cards moving forward? No, it doesn't seem like anything has really affected that. They're still going to pump them out because people are going to buy them from the secondary market at least. But I don't know if Wizards is going to say any of that that like exchange of money. I don't know if Wizards really gives a shit about that. They're still going to make money because people, someone is going to have to buy them buy like boxes or packs that's true i mean but do you think that because it might get opened less you're just going to see like the cost of these because you can get these in the uh like the collector boosters right i have no idea that's like that's where you get them from is the collector boosters i'm sure you can get them in normal packs but the collector boosters are guaranteed to have some of these cards we're just going to see the cost of collector boosters go up like through the roof because secondary market shit that might just make them buy that instead exactly and then the regular set won't sell i see what you're saying i mean this is again this is all hypothetical i don't know if that's actually going to be the case or not if you're right you're a witch and we're gonna burn you at the stake Eh, that's fine there's worse ways to go is there though i've heard uh burning at the stake is actually a pretty peaceful way to go from who because i'm curious somebody who burnt a witch obviously goddamn witches (laughs) because obviously the witch survived 
to tell the tale. And she was like, you know what? Not bad. Wasn't wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I think you're full of shit, dude. <laughs> you called my bluff. But that concern aside, I have dabbled already in Aquaria Limited. Yeah, you were doing a little bit of that today, weren't you? Yeah, it was actually just available today. I don't know what time it was released, but when I just got done with whatever I was doing today and had some free time, I sat down and fired off a draft. And I did think this draft format was going to be pretty cool going into it. And the first draft I did, yeah, I was confirmed in my beliefs that this is a cool draft. What did you draft? You drafted black, green, splashing, correct? That is correct. I did... It's a super, super light, like almost non-existent blue splash, but I did draft a green, black, like, I guess, reanimator deck. How much reanimator was actually in that? Um, well, I have, like, reanimator in limited is obviously kind of weird, right? Cause yeah, you're not getting gristle brand. Exactly. You're just getting, like, your biggest idiots. Um, I believe my pack one pick one was uh, Umori, the collector. That's the companion guy that is... Uh, two and then two black green hybrid his companion is each card in your deck shares a type which he's not my companion he's just in the deck and then when he enters the battlefield you choose a card type and cards of that type cost one less creature yep turns out creature is the exact name every single time so i picked him up pack one pick one i was like okay that's pretty good and then my pack one pick two i got um back from back for more which is the six mana uh, reanimate spell, so you return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then it fights a creature you don't control. So it's like a reanimate removal spell, which is super sick. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah. And then I just, like, kept just just getting good cards passed to me in the colors. Like, I think I was just in the right seat for this deck, and I just got paid off by opening a really good rare. Also, in this draft, I got um, Loris of the Dream Den, that three-mana... Uh, companion that you get to cast spells or one spell a turn with converting mana cost two or less from your graveyard that didn't make the main deck because I just have big idiots and not little idiots. Yeah, makes sense. I can see that being a really good limited card though. I could see that too. And there's a chance like I probably should just be playing it in the deck as just a three mana like good card that like can sometimes maybe get back one of my two mana spells, but whatever. And I'm also yeah, playing. I mean, it is a two three or three two. It's a uh, three two. Three with two. lifelink so it can smush it can get in there get you some life yeah i mean at very least somebody could just be like oh this is pretty intimidating card i should probably kill this and it just like leaves room for one of my other powerful cards like karuga i can't believe i got three companion cards like the rares in this draft which is insane how but does that work with limited the same way like you can still just cast it from the board or whatever yeah you get to have it actually the because i actually got to see it because somebody had one of them as their companion card in one of my games um, there is, if, if you're familiar with magic online's like commander interface, there's like a little separate zone that's denoted by a little flag underneath your name. And that's your commander. This is the exact same thing, except for that. Instead of that little flag, it's a little heart. Oh, yeah, it's very cute. Cause you're a companion. So you guys, you guys are loving up on each other. I see it. I get it. Yeah, it's nice. Um, but yeah, so I got the Karuga one, which is the Simic one, the five mana five, four. So nice guy. Um, and when he enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each other permanent you control with convert mana cost three or greater. Card's pretty good. Yeah. Who would have thunk? Oh, wait, everyone. Yeah, card's just very good. Yeah, I mean, my, my deck's sweet. I'm happy with how it was built and how I drafted it. I have lost my first two rounds of the draft, and I haven't played the last one yet. 
and you've had like close games. They haven't been like blowouts, right? Oh no, I've lost one two in both of the matches. In match one, I played against uh, the blue red like spells deck, but they had just an infinite amount of flyers. Yeah, and you'd have no way. You don't even have plummets, bro. You fucked up. I have one plummet in my sideboard. Yeah, you need more than that. That's the, all I saw, uh, dude. The best card you saw so far was the blue-white flyer that makes your flyers untargetable or targetable Ooh, yeah. for two. Yeah, that thing's really good. I got absolutely dismantled by two of them. It is the uh, the Jubilant Skybonder. It's one and two blue-white hybrid for a 2-2 flyer, and creatures you control with flying have spells your opponents cast that target this creature cost two more to cast. Do you think a person ever loses a game, turn three that, turn four that? No. I think it is, it is very difficult for that person to ever lose a game where they just do that. Because I know from experience that had happened to me, and I didn't win that game. So for my simple size of that game exactly, it's an unbeatable combination. You pretty much just are racing at that point, right? You have to try to curve out your big idiots faster than their yeah. flyers. Yeah, but you know what? Flyers generally have a lot of tempo. They definitely do. You know what's a card that's seemed to be really good in that deck? The Spirit Dragon. The Sprite Dragon, isn't it? Or Sprite Dragon. It is Sprite. Yeah, it's it's not uh, Sierra Mist. It's Sprite Dragon. Boom. Boom Shakalaka. Yeah, new that card was phrase. really good. Do you like my new catchphrase? Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. You bringing that one back? Said very calmly. <laughs> just like just no effort, no energy whatsoever. It just no trickles emotion, out of just your mouth. Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> that's going to be the new thing. I love yeah, that, that, that card also is good. A 1-1 one, one flying haster that grows. Yeah, that thing, like, turn two, and then yeah. turn three spell, turn four spell. Is it, hey, is it a non-creature spell, or is it instant or sorcery? I believe it's instant or sorcery. Okay, because that would be a bit, bit much. Oh, yeah, I agree. No, it is a non-creature No, it's a non-creature spell, god yep. No, it is better than we uh, thought. What a disgusting card. Oh, my God. Yeah, that card put the screws to me. That that blue flyer, blue base flyers. You want to know what else is really fucking good, Matt? The shark to crab or whatever. No, not shark to crab. That's from... Pouncing Shore Shark. Pouncing, yeah, that one. <laughs> shark to crab. <laughs> That's a real card, just so you it know. It is, you're right. It's from, what is it, Guilds? That, that's a Guild of It's like the mutant fish. Yes. Actually, okay, funny little aside. Um, now that there's so many sharks and magic... All of like the previous sharks and magic that their creature type was fish are now sharks. They went back and arrived all of them to be sharks. What fucks? So that's not just leaving this fish because they're sharks, dude. Technically, you can't mislabel they should, them. They should sharks are fish. Dude. They should just be labeled as fish, like a subtype. Nope, they're all like, sharks now. If you're gonna be a stickler about specifics, that's gonna be so that has in, to be instead of fish liver oil. Is it shark oil now? Um, if you make it out of sharks, yeah. No, it's a fish. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's specific. Like, if you make it out of cod, it could be cod liver oil. If you make it out yeah, of tuna, it be tuna I forgot liver. that this thing mutates. Oh, we're back on talking about <laughs> the Pouncing yeah. Shore Shark? Well, I was looking at it on the screen here. Uh, yeah, Pouncing Shore Shark is a blowout and a half. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to double block your guy. Nope. Yeah, that's, and that happened to me. Because, again, first draft of this format, I don't know any of the cards. And I don't know how powerful some of these cards are. Um, I learned pretty fucking quick that blocking or attacking into four untapped mana and one of them is blue is just like something you are never ever ever going to do in this format because pouncing shore shark is the biggest blowout in 
history. The kicker is it's only an uncommon. So you're going to see this thing. Exactly. It's not like it's a rare. Like you can't be like, oh, forgot to play around the rare. My bad. No, it's an uncommon. You're going to see this thing. Yeah, like you said, there is going to be multiple decks that I play and that I play against that are going to have two of these in their in their deck. And it's just going to crush every single opponent. Yeah, four, three for four. Granted, you need another creature, but you're unlimited. So, okay, cool. Yeah, well, guess what? And you're just going to mana war them at instant speed. You know what this got, this Pouncing Shore Shark got put on in my game, or in my match one? The Sprite Dragon. Seems when good. it already had three counters on. Seems good. So now it's a 4-3 that bounced something when it entered the battlefield. And, and still it, gets counters. Wait, there's also three counters on it. So oh. now it's a, Yeah. Oh, it, lose the counter. No, it does not. <laughs> oh, God. So instead of being a 1-1 with three counters on it, it's a 4-3 or three counters on it. Uh, I didn't even think of that, So dude. it's a 7-6 flyer <laughs> that's gonna get wild did not even yes. that never crossed my mind it's a beating dude so mutate as good as uh we all thought yeah it is it retouches on every promise that you could have possibly been made for and this hits home really hard on how actually good not just mutate is but ability counters ability counters are insane in this format well there's a lot of inbreed ones too that's like random shit like oh plus one plus oh first strike counter plus the first strike counter not yeah there's uh, there's a lifelink counter one yeah there's one for all of them in black yeah there's oh my god oh dude it's such a blowout just getting putting something a counter on something that's an ability is so insanely powerful just because you can mutate onto that like shitty creature that has that ability, and it just gives that better creature that ability, which is nuts. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, we were shitting on the Bushwag uh, last last week. That is a 1-1 with Trample, and it's a non-human creature. That will easily, easily, easily turn into a beautiful target for one any of, of the, these mutate cards. Yeah, what was that? The one card that's going to be... Did you see any of the colorless O2? The one-man no. O2 that mutates gets a counter? I did not. I was hoping that that thing would be pretty good. Is that a uncommon? I don't know, to be honest with you. I think so. I think it might be. Let me double check real quick. That'd be quick. a really fucking good common. I just bought two beta disenchants. <laughs> that was so random. Where did that come from? Because I made an offer. Oh, you just like bought them like right now on the spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just sent my money. That's why I said it. Not just like, <laughs> oh, hey, earlier today I bought. No, it, that, oh, that one mana O2 is... A common. Yeah, I want that thing to be really good. Yeah, there's the potential thing, for that to be disgusting. The thing is, is there a lot of, like, two-mana mutate stuff or no? Um, Things for two-mana, no. But there are some very good, like, three-mana ones. Like, so there's maybe that's... The black... It seems like the mutate is, like, the best ones, at least in my opinion, are in black and in green. And they're all, like, three plus... Well, I guess if they're all... Well, one that I got had played against me that was very, very good was the uh, Cavern Whisper. So it's normally just a five mana, four, four with Menace, but it's mutate cost is three and one black. So it comes down and every time it came down on a creature, it was the top card. So it made whatever it was a four, four. But whenever it mutates, each opponent discards a card. This card is gross. That seems really good. Bring that one up. It's right here. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen. That's why. <laughs> well, there's always two screens. It's like the actual call and then... Yeah, and the... it is nuts. Dude. Yeah, that card... Well, it's four mana, four, four that gives something 
pretty much turns whatever you have at least into a four four into menace. a four four menace, and then it you you discard a card like that is so much value. That dude, but, yeah, like that one's scorpion. really good for four mana. The, the one, one that, that blows I had, up artifacts seems pretty good. Artifacts are enchantment. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah, Just one that three. I had in my deck that's very good is this glowstone recluse. It's a two three with reach, but you can mutate it for four for three and a green. And whenever this creature mutates, you put two plus one plus one counters on. So yeah, that's that actually costs more than the creature itself. Yeah, because the creature itself is a three mana two three. But the mutate costs like just throwing that on just anything automatically gives it a plus two plus one. So if this creature would get mutated on, it triggers. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. God damn. Yeah, that card seems really good. Those spiders are always really good. You're not wrong, but there's also one that. It it's a four mana three four, but when you mutate it, you get to go search for a land and put it. I believe on the battlefield tapped. Yeah, you put it on the battlefield tapped. That's really good too. It seems like there's a decent amount of good fixing in this format. On top of um, actually the cycling too, which helps. Yeah, and I guess that's that's something that we were talking about a little bit before that we'll touch on now. This I guess format, we should hold on. But I guess we should. We're mainly talking about limited, not standard or other yeah, formats. Yeah, you're yeah, 100% right. This this conversation at least right now is going to be almost specifically for limited cuz that's what we're really going to be doing this format. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Actually, I did mean to interrupt you or I wouldn't have done it, but yeah, fuck you, you get dude. my point. <laughs> but we like I said, we were talking about this before. This format, even though Matt said that there does seem like to be a decent amount of fixing, which there is, like especially in green, like there's a two mana one three that taps for any color of mana. You can only cast creatures with that mana. There's the the green creature that when you mutate it, it goes and gets you a basic land, puts it on the battlefield. There's the new cycling uh, explosive vegetation, which is just a strict upgrade of explosive vegetation. Hundred percent, yep. That card's really good, but even not in green. Like you still have like the the far finder, which is the three mana one one vigilance that goes get you a basic land. And then you uh, reveal it, put it in your hand. At common, which will literally be a necessity in three color decks. You would take that over the green. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it does not seem like it's going to be a three mana deck format or three color deck format. No, I think you're going to get a lot of splashing for bombs or like really big impactful stuff. Not like seven, seven, seven split. Uh No, it's going to be mainly two colors splashing for a bomb. So go to one of those big three color bombs. Oh, like you're talking about like the mythic rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even with that too, my big thing that I noticed in my first draft and take this with a grain of salt, everybody, uh, this is just our first impressions. So we could be totally fucking off base with this, but from just playing a bunch of limited in the past and playing three color formats and playing two color formats, with splashes this is what this feels like a lot yeah like you're gonna be playing this aluna apex of wishes you're probably gonna be green blue or green red and splashing that third color and probably you'd want to be splashing the red because you can mutate it for three green red hybrid two blue blue yes it will also yeah like like you just said that mutate cost you don't even have to be in three colors if you were just straight up blue green you can just play this card. It's essentially free if you just are planning on mutating it. Yeah, or you could just throw a mountain or something in your deck or a way to get a mountain. And... Especially if you are playing green, there are a ways to get it. Like in my deck, I am playing, you could say three colors, but really I am just a straight up, just blue or a green black deck. I am With playing one island. Yeah. One island and, and then backwater. one dismal backwater, which is the blue black 
tap land that gained you a life. Which you always want to pretty much play the on-color ones of those anyways, just because they gain you a life. Yeah, um, and I'm just doing that so I can play one of, one of uh, Parcel Beast, which I thought was just good enough to just play because my mana's pretty good. Because I do also have two of the humble uh, naturalists, which are the two-mana, one-three mana dork. Yeah, you creatures. have four blue sources without really even trying. Yeah, and it never really came up that I was had to like worry about my blue mana or was hurting because I had blue mana and not another color. Because uh, Karuga, I can just play for double green, totally fine. And this Parcel Beast is good enough that I it felt like splashing it, but it's it's such a little cost. Yeah. I did make a statement earlier, um, and that was before knowing the rest of the set, that I thought the, the crystals, the three mana mana rocks that cycle for two, we're going to be like pretty de- like decently high picks. It seems like people at my draft table were taking them pretty high because I only saw one, but I don't think those are going to be particularly good in these. They're going to be good in three color decks with that are heavy mana requirement in the cycling decks, or if you have a high curve, is where they're going to be good. Yeah, I, because I, they I, jump I you three that. to five. But even then, I think those are going to be like some of the worst cards in your. If you if you Probably. are a heavy cycling deck. These go up a little bit in value, but if you were just using these for mana fixing, I think there are significantly better ways to do it. Well, mana fixing for the heavy requirements, like if you have an ultimatum, you're going to want some number of those crystals. Sure. I mean, I think in a lot of scenarios, if I have a choice between one of the crystals and then the mana fixing colorless fox, I'm taking that fox 10 times out of 10. Well, yeah, it's just better. Absolutely. You get... A get a one 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 creature that you can mutate on. It can attack. It can block. It's colorless. It's so colorless. there's no difference yeah. there. Exactly. Like over top of the two cycling, like two colorless cycling, I'd rather have the one one body. Yep. Because there are things with it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some generic archetypes that we kind of figured out that are going to be in this format. Um, the first of which is the like the Abzan wedge, which is just mostly going to be the white black deck with a green light green splash that's going to be like the humans in my opinion because there are a good amount there's a really good amount of humans in white and a good amount of humans in black and there are some humans in green that are pretty solid payoffs what are the green and so that'll be i feel like it's mostly white black oh it's definitely gonna be mostly white black occasionally splashing there's a three three that you're going to uh that is a three three four two and a green that enters the battlefield, you put a trample counter on a non-human creature. Again, if you're playing a human deck, that's not super good. But if you just have, like, a good mix between the two, that card's just a playable card. See, I don't think I'd even play that. And that wouldn't force me to go into... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. But the, there are green humans. Like, the humble uh, naturalist that we talked about a couple times, the mana guy, he's a human. Yeah, I think that is going to occur He's worth when playing. someone's waffling on their colors. But I, we both agree that this deck is, the human's deck is primarily white-black. Yeah. Uh, the next archetype is a blue-red, like, spells-based. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, weird, right? Blue-red spells? Yeah, and that's, also get, that's like, pretty common throughout the white time. splash in that color type, or archetype too. It's kind of like the, that's the Jeskai one. Um, the uh, channeling force... Is pretty a pretty good, yeah. solid remove or a pretty solid spell, just because you are just throwing away bad cards. Probably lands at that point, and then you also can just use it as a removal spell on whatever you need it to be. There also is going to be like a subtle, and I say subtle because uh, 
it seems like there's a better color combination for cycling, but there is going to be a subtle cycling theme in that. Cycling's five colors if you really want to do it. It's true. It's very, very true. But red also has like I probably one of my picks for best pick in this limited, which is the fire prophecy. That's the three mana instant or the two mana instant for one in a red. You deal three damage to a creature and then you can put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. Then you draw a card. Pretty good. Gets stuff out of the way early. Pumps up your prowess counter dudes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that That just seems really, really good. Now, would you take that over the flame spell? Pack one, pick one. Um, I don't think I would ever take it over flame spill because it feels like four toughness is pretty crucial to be able to deal with. Flame spill is the uncommon. Trample. Trample burns, if you will. Yeah. 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 Flame spill is two and a red for an instant speed spell. Uh, it deals four damage to a creature and any XX damage dealt to that creature is dealt to its controller, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Because this format is going to have so many freaking creatures too, um, Clash of Titans seems like a pretty good removal. Instant speed, fight spell in red, which isn't very often Not that that occurs. Yeah. I, th- I do think that the blue-red deck is probably one of the weakest in the, the format, at least at face value. If you get like the Flyers... Like the if you get multiple copies of uh, Sprite Dragon, then yeah, you get, you're gonna want to be. Yeah, that card's really good. But it's just absurd. It, it's I one think of the that flagship is... uncommon multicolor yeah. spells. But outside of that, I'm not really feeling the blue red deck. I think the cycling deck is more the white red deck. Yes, the and that's there we go. That's a beautiful segue into the the, the next one, which is the Mardu Wedge. But I feel like the deck is mostly white red. Yeah. With some black splash. There's two uncommon spells that I just saw that are good payoffs. Which ones are those? Did you remember? Thundermare. Yeah, the savvy Thundermare is really good. Whenever you cycle a card, it's a red and a white for a 3-2, which is already just like nuts. But whenever you cycle a card, you can pay two. When you do, it deals two damage to target creature and you gain two life. Oh, and Zenith Flare is another really good one. Yeah, it's an instant speed two, a red and a white. Uh, it deals X damage to any target and you gain X life for X is the number of cards with a cycling ability in your grave. So keep in mind, those are both uncommon, yep. but still, those are very, really good payoff. I mean, after you just like cycle your heart away, you can just Zenith flare them right in the head. And it's a, so you, say you have just four cycling things. That's a eight point life swing. Yeah. Or you just like kill their best creature. Yeah. Down them. That's even good for like three. Oh yeah, as long it's I think it has to be above three for that card to be something you want to cast. Yeah, absolutely. Unless it's be... like desperation mode. And then at that point, you have bigger problems. But another creature that I thought was like really good, just as a common, just a generically good card that I don't think is going to be good in anything but the cycling deck, is this prickly marmoset. It's a three mana, two and a red for a two three first strike. But when you cycle a card, it gets a plus two plus zero. Oh. Yeah, nice little 4-3 first striker. Yeah, also, um, it's a monkey and not a human. And despite how science wants to say that those things are pretty similar, uh, you can actually mutate onto this, unlike a human. Yeah. Which is pretty good just giving something first strike. Yeah, and plus two, plus oh, you're going to trade up a lot of times. Oh, yeah, this like blocking this guy is terrifying. I'd rather just take two with a possibility of four instead of losing something. Yeah, but then that's just going to like chunk you. Like you're always going to be afraid of blocking this guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah, it'll do some work, and it's for common, sure. so. 
Um, the next archetype is the one that I drafted, which is the Sultai Wedge, but I feel like it's mostly uh, black-green. That's kind of like the graveyard mutate deck, or green-black mutate cards seem to be the strongest so far. Yeah, and there's some good mutate targets, like the uh, go-up real quick, the 2-4 Vigilance dude. That's a, that's yeah, a really oh, yeah. good guy to throw. For three some, mana 2-4? That's good. That's good. Throw some counters or some abilities on him. Hell yeah. And you just get like generic, like very good cards for like a graveyard theme too. It's kind of hard to fill your graveyard, but you do have a bunch of good cycling creatures like the uh, Titan Oth Rex, one in a green to cycle it. It's an 11, 11 trample. And when you cycle it, you put a trample counter on something. The best thing I saw to fill your graveyard outside of cycling was the mono green dude. When it comes into play, mill the top three. Yeah, that is the... I think it's a sloth or something, right? No, right there. Stop. That mole. It's a mole, not a sloth. Yeah. Excavation. Three, three trampler that dumps three cards in your yard. Yeah. And you just get like just pretty good generic spells like uh, survivor's bond. One in a green. You can choose one or both. Either return a human from your graveyard to your hand or a non-human from your graveyard to your hand. Like just getting back like a big, like one of the big idiots that you cycled earlier that you can now cast. Pretty good. Yeah, classic plummet, and then the fight card. Oh, no, that's yeah. just a punch. So good. Um, the the back for more that I had in my deck, which is the reanimate, uh, fight spell. Like that's a flagship uncommon for this archetype. There's another black reanimate spell that when you bring it, the creature back, it gets a lifelink counter. Um, unbreakable bond. Yeah, that one. That one's really good too. And I guess the last archetype is, I guess, the teamer wedge. But again, I think it's mostly blue green this seems like a heavy mutate just good creatures this is easily the most mutate centric archetype in my in my opinion it seems like it yeah because you have very few humans in these colors and you have really good mutate creatures like all the green ones that we spoke about before um you also get my new least favorite card pouncing shore shark that yeah card's insane even down to the rares like this sea dasher octopus like, that's a first pickable card. Hold on, I'm still trying to find it. Oh, oh, the uh, ninja. Yeah, yeah, the ninja uh, octopus, octopus. Of, the, of the deep sea. Yeah. And you could just get frisky and, like, open up uh, Shark Typhoon and just throw away everything that we just told you and just go, I'm going to take this obs- obscene card and I'm going to play this obscene card and I'm going to win games. I'll first pick that all day. Oh, yeah. Well, another thing that you were saying before that kind of goes against what we were uh, kind of just laid out as our quote-unquote archetypes. Uh, this ominous sea enchantment. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. That's a so this is one in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, put a foreshadow counter on ominous. Remove eight foreshadow counters from ominous seas. Create an eight-eight blue kraken creature token. Cycles for two. I noticed yeah. that you don't have to sacrifice that. No, you don't. You can just continue to draw cards and continue to pump out your octopi. You could get a pretty pretty quick 8-8 eight, eight, Kraken. Oh, yeah. Drop this sucker turn turn 2 and just start going to town turn 3. Just do, Or it, just do your normal game plan and eventually pop out an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah, because I'm assuming if you're playing blue, you're, there's going to be incidental card draw. Whether you're just like cycling cards that you don't need at that point in time. Or just casting spells that are just drawing you cards. Little cantrips or naturally you might get to turn 10 and have an 8-8. Eight, eight. It's like a inevitability of having a big old 8-8. Yeah. 
Like, there's just so many ways to just dirtle around that that's just going to eventually pop out a win condition for you. I like me some dirtling. You are a big fan of dirtling. And it seems like the blue in this format is right up your ass. Dirtle City. I mean, I'm happy with how this format is is looking right now. Yeah, I might draft some of this uh, this weekend. On Magic Online? Yeah. Very nice. Oh, I'm definitely going to be diving in. In between my bouts of uh, Commander Addiction, I will definitely be playing some of this. I mean, it looks fun. It's really fun. My first draft, I the whole entire time, I'm just like, oh my god, the power level of these cards through the roof. And I know you and me both have both experienced draft formats where the cards just power level wise feel really low. Even if you have a just, good deck, they just eh. feel like bad cards. Yeah. This format is not the case. Yeah, this seems to be the opposite. Yeah, it is a abundance of power. Seems fun. It does. Now, do you feel like this card is, or this format in a limited context is like swingy at all? It could it could be, I bet. That was my one little gripe about it. You could get blown out on mutates. Yep. Uh, or you just run away with a game with a mutate. You, you really could, can. You could drop one of these ridiculous rares, like an ultimatum, and just say, get fucked, bud. Like you could be so far ahead and they could cast an ultimatum and you're just now way ahead. And they need to catch up. And I think the tricky play to it, too, is with these mutate cards, like if one of those gets bounced, you get all those creatures back. But that sets you back. So it's a big, yeah, back. big mana disappears. Huge. Absolutely huge. Like that's multiple turns worth of mana that just gets completely negated uh, by a bounce spell. I need you to find out in the lore why all this mutation is occurring. You know what? That'll be my homework. For next week i'll come back and i will try to figure out uh why that's a thing i have been slacking on my lore uh because one i have heard nothing but bad things about the books and all of the lore has been shifted to the books oh yeah so that sucks no more cartoons unfortunately i just like books i guess when they did the lore on the website like that was just awesome it was perfect yeah those were the the comic book weren't they I mean, they weren't really comics as much as they were just like short stories. Yeah, I guess the the panel or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But they were fun. Like I enjoyed those. Yeah, they are fun. I don't never read them. And most of most of your lore was pseudo through you, uh, just me. Yeah, just just, through just you. me There's... consuming the things and you being like, "Hey, why is this a thing?" And I'd be like, "Oh, well, here's this is the thing with the thing that did the thing with the thing." And you're like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> uh, that was the thing. Yeah. See, you get it. Oh, yeah, I got it. But now we don't have that because I don't want to read a book. Freaking nerds reading their books. Yeah, I mean, I play Magic the Gathering, but I'm not a dweeb. I'm not going to read a book. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Matt, you did make a pretty bold statement before we started recording about maybe building a standard deck because of this format. Yeah, it's in the cards. I mean, yeah, it is legitimately. It's on the cards. It's written on them. I mean, just doing the shenanigans. <laughs> you want to build... Which, which deck did you say that you wanted to get down with? Like a blue-red cycle cycling deck with octopuses and the giant turtles. Oh, the big Dirtle Turtle. The uh, Dirtle Turtle, I love it. He is, well, he's like the almost opposite of a Dirtle Turtle because he has fucking haste. Because of course he does. The uh, Yadaro, the one in a red cycling guy that when you cycle it, what is it? Six times? Four times. Four times, yeah. You just get to throw him on the battlefield, because you yeah, sure. Yeah, so, Dirtle Turtle Central, baby. I saw, I believe it was Rich Shea posted a tweet of uh, Yardo 
the Sharknado card and stand still. He was like, this could be a deck. And I'm like, yeah, rich, you crazy bastards. Yeah, cycling's not actually casting a spell. No, it turns out. So you don't have to break the standstill to do uh, dumb Yardo things. Standstill. An old love of mine. Ah, fuck standstill. Standstill can eat shit. Tell me how you really feel about it. I hate standstill. Because I, I, I always have to break the standstill. Can't not do it. Play better. I play white creatures. I have to do it. I have to play my things. Repeat myself. Play better. <laughs> well, you know what format I don't have to worry about standstill in, Matt? What's that? My new favorite format. Good old 100-card singleton. I'm going to make a standstill deck. A standstill and commander the... deck, eh? Yep. I feel like that 99 standstills. Bad. Just 99. Yeah. I, don't, I think that breaks. <laughs> hey, if they can print companion cards, then I can play 99. Um, I don't think those are similar things, even a little bit. I think those are very different things. <laughs> it all depends on who you ask there, bud. Let's ask Wizards. Wizards, I know you're listening. If Nat is allowed to play 99 standstills, I mean, also, how are you going to cast these standstills with no lands? I'll find a way. <laughs> Just manifest destiny. Make standstills happen. If there is a will, there is a way. Good sir. Well, I'm glad that you want to play standstills in your magical fantasy land. But in real commander land, I have a deck that may be one of my favorite things on the entire planet to ever play in magic. And you actually got to witness this insanity. I actually got to witness you win. Yeah, which doesn't happen very frequently with this deck because it's not the point. Yeah, you don't want to ruin it with good old-fashioned good cards. Yeah, why would I want to sully a victory with good cards when I could just play shitty cards and also exactly. somehow manage to win the game? See, you get it. Oh, I 1,000% get it. And the deck that we're referring to is one of my all-time favorite commander decks, and that is actually going to be our Spice of the Week. I'm taking it from Matt. I gifted it to you. You're right. Because I, I asked you if you had a deck, and you're like, oh, fuck, No. I'm like, well, Buzz, I... See, my, my deck last week was so spicy that I, I needed a break. Oh, you needed to go get, like, a glass of milk. You get it. And some ice cream to, like, cool your cool your palate down. Well, I'm here to bring the heat again while you're you're on your, uh, your vacation week. Needed a cool glass of milk. Exactly. Well, this one, a pretty spicy meatball. And we're stepping into the realm of Elder Dragon Highlanders for this week's Spice of the Week. Is it still called Elder Dragon Highlander, or they just go straight Commander? I think it's just Commander now. But all the old people like me are just like, EDH, meh. Fair. There's the Elder Dragons. No, we're going to talk about my Norrin the Wary Commander deck for the Spice of the Week. Because I think this is the this was the first time Matt ever got to see it in action. What you called me on, like, Monday or Tuesday or something. And I was playing this deck on Magic Online. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just playing a game of Commander. He's like, oh, well, I'm going to jump on Skype, share your screen with me. So I was like, oh, OK, now, cool. you were playing some other hot garbage. And I said, play this. Like, oh, that's right. I was playing. I was playtesting the deck that I built earlier that day, which was uh, Tapala. She's the yeah, that one. Yeah, she's the tribal uh, vehicle slash dwarf commander, which that one's super fun. I like that deck a lot. It's different. But yeah, <laughs> then when I got done playing that game, you were just like, OK, no, show me this this. Uh spicy norn pile and so i did and this game went so fucking perfectly you turned it into a prison deck yeah i somehow turned the norn chaos into a prison you're right but at least it's a fun prison it's not like a prison it's not like alcatraz i'm sure people actually enjoyed being in the prison yes <laughs> it's like the rich people prison. it's like the prison from the godfather where they're actually just like in like a house and just like making food and just like shooting the shit fair 
That's what Norin is. So my Norin Chaos deck, let's give I'm gonna give a quick rundown of the concept of the deck and go through some of the generic cards in the deck, and then we'll talk about the game that you got to watch. Because that was super, super entertaining. So if you're not familiar, Norn the Wary, um, he's pretty bad. He's a one he mana two one. Terrible. Yeah, he's not good. Uh he's one mana two one for a legendary creature, human warrior. Um, and he says whenever a player casts a spell or a creature attacks, you exile Norn the Wary, you return him to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So, so legit the worst actual yeah, any card, anything. He's just a big scaredy cat. Anytime something happens, he's like, oh, got a, got a blast. And he just jets off into nothingness. And then when the coast is clear at the end step, he just comes back. He's just like, oh, hey, hey, guys, back like nothing else ever happened. And like you can normally pair him pretty well with things like uh, Perforos, God of the Forge. Yes, anytime anyone does anything, they're losing two life. Yeah, because he's going to come back and just nug them. And there's also what the uh, the enchantment, is it Impact Tremors? Yeah, same thing, only one damage. Yep. See, most people would normally do that. Uh, neither of those cards are in there. Also true. Because Norn is just here as a facade. Just to give you a mono red commander and make people tremble. Yeah, exactly. The entire just heart of this deck is just making it so everything every person does at the table doesn't actually matter. And we're doing this with cards like Warp World, which is a eight mana sorcery. And it says... Each player shuffles all permanents they own into their library. Then they reveal that many cards from the top of their library. Each player puts all artifacts, creatures, and lands revealed this way onto the battlefield, then does the same with enchantments. Then the rest of the cards revealed this way that weren't put on the battlefield go on the bottom of their library. So you just shuffle all the things that you have in your library and then just randomly show whatever comes from the top. Yeah, so it's literal just chaos. Yeah. Another beautiful card, Scrambleverse. Uh, for each non-land permanent, choose a player at random. Then each player gains control of each permanent for which they were chosen. Untap those permanents. So what happens is, for every single permanent that's on the battlefield, it just gets randomly selected who it goes to around the table. So like one of my mountains could go to my other opponent. Uh, my opponent's creature could go to me. Uh, one of my artifacts could go to me or again another one of my opponents it it's just a whole fucking shit show yeah it could literally go really well really poorly or a combination of both it's or somewhere in between we also have the cards like uh thieves auction which is similar to Scrambleverse, except for you put all the permanents into a pile and then you go around the table and each person selects one of those permanents to keep until all the permanents have been selected yeah you rochester draft that shit yeah, you just Rochester, exactly. You Rochester draft every single card. And then there's also uh, some fun artifacts like uh, Omen Machine, which says players can't draw cards. And at the beginning of each player's draw step, they exile the top card of their library. If it's a land, they put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, they cast it without paying its man. That's an all-time fun one. Prison City. Yeah, that was that was a prison lock piece. Um, there was also Gate to the Aether, which is kind of similar, except for at your upkeep, you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a permanent, you put it on the battlefield. If it's a non-permanent, uh, you just keep it on the top of your library, and then you would draw it for the... And there's also cards like Knowledge Pool, Mind Slaver, uh, just anything that can possibly make a game go bad. Confusion in the ranks, another personal favorite. 
a five minute enchantment that says whenever a player or whenever a artifact creature enchantment enters the battlefield, its controller chooses another target permanent with the same type on the battlefield and exchanges it with that person's or with the controller of that thing. You know what I have for you? What do you have? Instead of Norin, you should play some horrid, 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 horrid blue-red commander and play the only blue card being Shared Fate. Oh! <laughs> See, I hate Shared Fate. Exactly. That's fair. I mean, Can't Shared Fate's kind of like good. Knowledge Pool, right? And I have Knowledge Pool in the deck. Kind of, but it's not. It's not. You're right. You know what? Maybe someday I will. Just that one change. Just, just for you. Just one blue card. <laughs> Just the one blue. And I will play one island. That's it. I mean, in all fairness, you probably could just keep Norin and be like, hey, listen, I have one blue card in here. Deal I with have it. shared fate. Can I just cast it? <laughs> and people are going to be like, no, fuck you, dude. <laughs> You're already ruining this game. You don't need to do it anymore. It's really fun. But yeah, we sat down and played this this deck against some uh, very, very sad opponents. The one dude was loving it. Oh, yeah. The one dude was really into it. Well, the game started out too. my turn to play was Crook's uh, Thumb, which is a two-man legendary artifact that says if you would flip a coin, instead you flip two coins and you ignore one of them. So it just ups your chances of winning any kind of coin flip. There are a decent amount of coin flips in this deck, so that's just a good early play. I could have easily played Game of Chaos turn three, and there's a good chance I could have just won the game. Yeah, and I think you ended up discarding it to the Mirara, whatever it is. Yeah, I discarded it to uh, Gyrage Sanitary, which that is a one. land that for two, you can tap it, and each player draws a card and then discards a card. Yeah, that. So that, yeah. Was, that was in good faith. <laughs> yeah, that was because I didn't just want to end the game on the spot. Uh, game of Chaos is three red mana for a sorcery. It says you flip a coin. If you win the flip, you gain a life, and target opponent loses a life. And then you decide whether to flip again if you win the flip. So essentially with Quark's Thumb and that, I just get two flips against my opponent's one flip to win the flip. I get to, if I win, I could just get to continue to do that again and again and again until my opponent is dead and I win. And I could have done that around the table if I really, I decided against it. And I think that might've been the best decision I've ever made. Probably. You still ended up winning. Yeah. You know how I ended up winning. Oh, what's his name? The, I can't think of his name. You're talking about Tybalt, bud. Tybalt, the worst planeswalker ever, yep. The historic worst planeswalker of all time. Tybalt, the fiend-blooded. That one. Yeah, so this game uh, continued after that. I played lands, my opponent played creatures, uh, everybody was attacking each other. It was a great time. Um, and then I played uh, Gate to the Aether, which lets people just play spells for free off the top of their library at their upkeep. And then from the Gate to the Aether, I proceeded to play an omen machine, which stops people from drawing cards. I then activated Gyreach Sanitarium to the point where nobody had cards in hand. So the only spells that were cast for the rest of that game were things that were flipped from Gate to the Aether and Omen Machine. Yep. And then I had Tybalt on the battlefield, which I just continued to plus until I got to his ultimate. Probably the first time ever that yeah. it was ultimated. I think that might be the actual first time that Tybalt has ever been ultimated, ever. I think that's probably true. Probably the first time it's ever been played. <laughs> Just cast. First time Tybalt has ever been actually cast in a game ever. But yeah, so I got to ultimate Tybalt the Fiendblooded, which his ultimate is minus six. You gain control of all creatures. You untap them. They have haste. I gained control of every creature on the battlefield, which was like a thousand zombies. 
Yeah, and just nugged everyone. At, and at then the just same killed time. all of my opponents with an ultimate from the worst planeswalker in the history of Magic. And won a game. I'm not going to say that that was the highlight of my Magic career, but it was the highlight of my Magic. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That's Check that one off the bucket. Yeah, so for those of you out there who are playing Fetch and Shock Bingo, you can check off <laughs> winning a game with Tybalt the Fiend-Blooded, if that was on your card. <laughs> he did it for you. We should totally do that. We should make Fetch and Shock uh, Bingo cards. That would actually be kind of cool. And for, like, our fucking just like or there's because there's definitely a way to make randomly generated bingo cards with like a from a list of criteria just have people do randomly generated bingo cards and then we'll just like have the list and just randomly throw shit out and the first person to complete it wins something oh i kind of like that oh we should do that for the fucking one year anniversary that's coming up in like oh god it's like six weeks yeah that would be fun i guess speaking of our one year too we have something big planned for a nice giveaway. That we do. And the the idea actually came from a uh, the the at least the original uh, little sprout of the idea came from one of our uh, one of our listeners. Yeah. They bought us a little bit of present that uh, maybe relates to the podcast, or maybe not. Or yeah, or not. Or we could just be feeding you a big pile of shit. And we're gonna build we're gonna build something nice, and we're gonna give it away. It's gonna be a good one. Once we build that, I think I think we'll uh, we'll release it and build up some hype. But for now, that's all that's all we're gonna leave you with. Just that little that little taster. Little After our spice of the week, throw in a little bit of dessert taster. Little spoiler for our one year giveaway that is coming up in I think like seven weeks. Yeah, a little tidbit of it. A fucking year, dude. Can you even believe it? No, I meant From to quit a while ago. To running the the Magic the Gathering world. I've tried to quit many times, and you wouldn't let me. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my gift to you for the one year. No, just that's it. <laughs> Done. The one year is going to be your retirement party. <laughs> Dope. We're just going to get just shit faced together. Never done that one. Who knows? Maybe by that point, we'll be out of quarantine and maybe our one year episode could be live. I don't think we're going to be out. We just got pushed back to May 15th. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be out either, but we can hope. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. Speaking of dreaming, Matt, you know what I've been dreaming about? What's that? Oh, you're setting yourself up, you fuck. I've been dreaming about some creature types. There we go. I knew it. You nailed it. Specifically, my favorite creature types. Because Commander 2020, full of obscure creature types. There's fucking bird sharks. There's fucking elemental dogs. There's all this crazy shit. Even Akoria itself has absurd creature types. Which begs the question, Matt. What is our top five favorite creature types of all time? Dun, dun, dun. And that is our top five for the week. Matt, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? I do. Let's so, hear it. Plain Jane Boring, I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, dragons. I loved like the dragon cards as a little kid. Those were you gotta super love fun. a good dragon. I get behind uh, that. Zombies, just because, once again, they're super sweet. They're all through pop culture, all the time, forever. That's true. And... And then uh, the angels, because one of my favorite cards was, and probably still is, Sarah Angel, the yes. OG bat, OG bad bit. I love that. Well, is that is that all your honorable mentions? Those are my honorable mentions. I think I have five honorable mentions to throw your way, and none Zero. of them are overlapping. My first honorable mention: horrors, because there are some killer horrors out there. That's, that's are you saying horrors or horrors? Horrors. Uh, okay. There are killer both. 
but in, in the magic context, it's mostly fair. fair. <laughs> um, also, hydras. Shout out to my boy. Hydras. Okay. I like me some hydras. Big green dummies. Also, X spells. Super fun. And most hydras are X. Um, core because Stoneforge Mystic. Shout out. Um, sphinxes because I think sphinxes are some of the most powerful creatures. Like consecrated sphinx. Sign me up, dude. Yeah, and then my last is shapeshifter. Shapeshifters. Because okay. a lot of them are all of our creature types. A shapeshifter can be all five of our top fives, all ten of our top fives, all at once. I can dig it. Yeah. So shout out to shapeshifters being everything and also nothing. Matt, how about you lead us off? What is your number five? I let us off last time, uh, so that'll let me hit number one first. Oh, so you want me to go first? If, if you want me to go first, I will. If you want to go first. You know I get what? It. I'll go first. And okay. I think my number five is your number two. Ooh. Okay. My number five is slivers. Okay. Because I can get I can get behind slivers. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of slivers, and so am I. I remember when I was like first started playing magic and I discovered slivers, I was like, oh shit. These are so cool. And the first thing I did, and looking back on it, this is like one of the worst decks I've ever built, but it's also one of the most fun. I built an entirely slivers deck but it was all based around like mana wealth sliver just mana being able to weft. produce wooberg and mana weft the, sliver and a weft sliver thank you and call deck, yourself a sliver fan <laughs> listen the whole deck was just built around casting uh door to nothingness and winning with that that's pretty dope the other one's gem hide if you were curious gem hide sliver. yep it was also in the deck and I, I was also playing um liquid metal coating and the uh Three mana sliver that when it enters the battlefield, you destroy an artifact. That would be harmonic sliver. Harmonic sliver. There you go. Thank you. So it was like a land destruction door to nothingness. That's dope. I can get behind that. Built around slivers. It was so sick. I think I still have pieces of it too. This deck is, again, it's like five years old at this point. Worth it. Hell yeah. So my number five are Ifrit's. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm kicking cool it. One. Kicking it old school. Yeah, that sounds like your style, too. So, uh, the numero uno best Ifrit is obviously uh, Serendib, Serendib Ifrit. To two and a blue for a 3-4 flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, deals one damage to you. Uh, one of the OG badasses um, that can come down early and does not die to lightning. No, it does not. It was also printed, like, kind of recently, too, in, like, a limited format, right? Uh, Eternal Masters, Eternal Masters, I believe. yep. Yeah. I think you're right. Awesome. Good pick. Yeah, I thought that was... Uh, my next one actually has um, similar flavor, and it is gins. Ooh! Yeah, so the most recent, like, good gin is Gin of Wishes. Okay. Um, but the, my favorite two, uh, with number two being Juzum Gin. Juzum Gin is a good one. Which they recently just reprinted in red and ruined it. It's, a, it's like a devil, too, or whatever it is. Like orc or something. No, it's just no. I'm the new one. I don't oh, think it's the new a gin. one. I don't know. No, it's not. It's yeah. It's like an orc or a giant or shit. Giant, maybe. I think it's a giant. I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, and then my number one favorite gin is obviously Urnum. Urnum gin. Urnum gin. That's a good yeah. favorite too. That's such a cool card. They're such badasses. Like it's you're a classic old school guy too. Like this is 100 percent your. That's your two jams right there. Your top. Your your four. I was five. I was gonna put them higher, but they they're not my absolute favorites i get that oh shit i think i'm gonna end up on yeah i'll be doing number one again so i'm gonna go with my number three as well Ooh. just so you just so you can end up on 
uh, your last one solo. Oh, that's so kind. I know. So my number three is, you want to guess? Oh, is it Slivers? No. What is it? It is Eldrazi. Eldrazi. I think I know your top two then. I'd be surprised at the one. Really? Uh, but yeah, the Eldrazi are, they like to smush and uh, they're obviously relatively, relatively new, but uh, I still like them. Undercosted big creatures is that's your jam. Um, one of the creature types that I generally like. Yeah, oh, that's those are good ones. Really good ones. So what is your number? You go My four, number four. Yeah, go four, three, two. I'll go two, one. You go one. Okay, that works for me. I like how we're shifting it up a little bit because we can't count. I, I always try to do it so we flip-flop. <laughs> and then we, above, person, we blow it regardless. And I fuck it up all the time. <laughs> well, my number four is actually one of your honorable mentions. It's Angels. Okay. Yep, because I'm a big sucker for the big white Greg, creatures. Greg Staples fan. Oh, huge, dude. Greg Staples is the fucking man. But like, we also have like Iona, Avacyn, Sarah Angel. There are so many great iconic angels in magic and they're all, most of them are white. Yeah. So, I mean, a big white, powerful creature, like, could you get any more me? No. True. Yeah. Love a little, space. a little shitty disruptive one. Oh, speaking of little shitty disruptive ones, uh, my number three elementals shout out to my boy flicker wisp. Yeah. I, I figured out your number one now that I think about it. And not only flicker wisp, but like, there's some other great elementals like Avenger of Zendikar elemental i love that card yeah i would did not know that that was an elemental but because elementals they are just like big things that are quote unquote elemental there's not really another way to describe them yeah like it's just a big deity of nature when you think of like a big creature that's just like i don't know what the fuck that creature would be uh there's a good chance it's gonna be elemental there's a lot it's with an elemental yep so then my number two right my number two is also one of your honorable mentions it is humans. Humans. Big old bad boy humans. I definitely know your number one then. And so yeah, I, my number else. one's pretty obvious. <laughs> but yeah, humans. Uh, I mean, we have uh, Mother of Ruins is a human. Thalia Guardian. Thalia, yeah. Human. Uh, Mirren Crusader. Sanctum Prelate. Recruit of the Guard. Palace Jailer. Humans. Weird how almost all of the cards in my favorite deck are human. They are humans. I fucking love me some humans, man. Yeah, great. Absolutely phenomenal. So, my number two is Was Slivers. Right? Yes, I nailed it! I'm not sure you know my number one. It's Elves. God damn, you're good. Yes! I nailed <laughs> so good! Yes! Yeah, Slivers, so for every other reason we've said, they just, they make them all better and it's like a hive mind. And then, yeah, thanks for ruining it, Lee. My number Sorry, one is Elves. It. Well, if you want to go ahead and ruin my number one, you can. Uh, I'm going to talk about Elves real quick first. Yeah, okay. and I've, then you can just go ahead and spoil it once you're done. Yeah, uh, so Elves have been my favorite. I have a place in my binder that's just for all my Elves. And I'm sure now that I think about it, you've probably seen it before many, many oh, a times. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I do. Yeah, I like you've them always a lot. just been oddly like stoked on Elves, which I mean, I can I get it. The only reason why they weren't one of my honorable mentions is because that's an unwinnable matchup for me in Legacy, and I have a deep hatred for Elves because of it. Fair. <laughs> so... Uh, Tyler's number one is, of course, drumroll, please, spirits. It is spirits. It took me longer than it should have to realize what you're doing. You're right. It's 100% spirits. I mean, come on now. It's the, They're the best. There are not so the, many good spirits. 
There are a lot of good spirits, and they're generally multi, several different colors. It's not like elves that are in pretty much one color that just recently started splashing into other colors. No, it's, yeah, spirits are oddly ubiquitous, but you have like, you have Spell Queller, which has always been one of my top favorite cards of all time. Best spirit of all time. Yeah, big time. Um, I mean, also you have Mausoleum Wanderer, Self of Spirit, Rattle Chains, Supreme Phantom, uh, Drog's Call Captain. Yeah, also, all, all good spirits. Not a spirit, but an honorary spirit. Lingering Souls. Also true. And what do you know about uh, Kotaki Wars Wage? That's a spirit, huh? It is. Would not have guessed that. Also, all of the big idiot dragons from uh, Kamigawa, like Kakusho and stuff. Kakusho. They are all spirits as well. I did know that, actually, now that I think about it. And like Seaborn Muse? Spirit. What you know about Seaborn Muse? It's a spirit. It is a spirit. Oh, yeah. Like, spirits are just all over the place, dude. In, in places you would not expect a spirit to be, they're spirits. And, like, humans was my number two. Uh, but when humans die, what do they become? Spirits. Better. They, they're better. It's, spirits are just or angels. humans. Or they're angels. Or oh, they're demons. See, there's a theme Ooh. with mine. Or they become <laughs> elementals, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? No one. When a human dies and gets flying, then it becomes a spirit. Sure, and we'll go with that. A fucking flying human. A flyer. And can we give a shout out to uh, Doomed uh, Traveler? Both a human and a spirit. One and the same, son. I love me some Doomed Traveler. Fuck yeah. Dude, the... I, I am, again, not shocked that your top two are your top two. And I also don't think you're shocked that my top two are my top two. No, not at all. But are both of our three, three through fives were a trip. That was I genuinely had no idea what it could possibly you, happen. You probably could have narrowed it down that Eldrazi was being my in there. Yeah, I did think Eldrazi was going to be up there. I did not see four and five being. Uh, no, that wasn't. Eight. You weren't going to get that. No, never. And Jin's would have never guessed. One of my favorite arts is the, the old art of Ernum Jin. What is that one? The two Jin's like floating or flying through the jungle. Uh, yeah, that is good art. That's real good art. The new one, though, he's like a jack. They're jacked in that one, too. But in the... No, the new one's stacked up. The Judgment one, he's he's like Ronnie Coleman, bodybuilder. <laughs> he's thick. He dummy thick. He dummy thick. You know what else is dummy thick, Matt? What's that? Our game. Oh, you don't say. I mean, I don't know if that even made sense, but that's the transition I chose to go with. Hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I mean, not all of them could be uh, just five-star. Yeah. Some of them have to be two, and that gotta one have, was not a good one. Gotta have a two-star to enjoy the five-star. Exactly. It's You can only appreciate the good ones when they're juxtaposed with the bad ones. Uh, you get it. I get it. We yep. get it. We get it. But you know what else you get? I don't know. The first card of our game, which uh, you can get after I explain the game. So touche. those of you who are new to this, every week we end out the episode with a little game we like to call Accumulated Knowledge. In this game, we go to the Scryfall website, and we pull up a random card with the random generating button. One of us asks the name of the card. The other has to give the mana cost of said card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, um, they never get to play a Coria Limited in paper ever. You're never allowed to play Spirits again. Oh, see, here's that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. That's just not a thing I can do. So you better lose is what is what I'm trying to say, which I think your first card um, is a good step towards that. Matt, are you ready for your first card? I suppose so. Your first card is Flame Wave. Flame Wave? It is Flame Wave. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you. 
Uh, not an easy one. Really not an easy one. I don't even think I'm going to waste a hint. Let's go three red red. No. Um, you were actually really, really close. Uh, I was going to No, it's three red 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 red. That's not fucking close. <laughs> I mean, you if you just tacked two more red to it, you would have had it. Yeah, I wasn't wasting on that one. Yeah, Flame Wave is three and four red for a sorcery speed spell. It says Flame Wave deals four damage to target player or planeswalker and each creature that player or planeswalker controls. It's terrible. It's not good. It's definitely not good. That is um, a classic stronghold card. Also printed sure. in 9th edition. Should have left it in stronghold. You're not wrong. Well, I'm not going to give you an elf warrior. One, one. I will give you this one, though. It is Decree of Justice. Oh, uh, shit, I know. This is a tough one, too. No, it's not. Um, this I've seen this before in Commander. It is a solid Commander card. Oh, this is the card that, uh, in that middle school deck that I was talking about, this is one of the win conditions. Oh, yeah, this is definitely in... Uh, yeah, it's in it the could... land still. This is uh, XX2 White White. Damn, you got it. I only knew that card because of middle school when I was looking it up. I love that. And hold That's on. So it's, good. Yeah, you nailed it's, it. It's either put X angels into play or you cycle it. I think it's, I, I forget the cycling cost, but when you cycle it, you can pay X and put uh, one, one soldier. You nailed it. It is you for X in the normal casting. You get to put four, four angel tokens with flying on the battlefield and then you can cycle it for two and a white. And when you cycle it, you can pay X. And then you put one, one soldiers on the battlefield equal to X. Yeah. So for six mana, you get a four, four angel. Or for cycling six mana, you get three, one, one, white, one, soldiers. one angels. That is yeah. correct. No, one, one, white soldiers. Or white soldiers. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's thank you. Middle school. Yeah. I'm super impressed by that. I would not have got that outside. Oh, <laughs> Matt. This one's, I think, a tough one, too. This next card is Prismatic Strands. This sounds familiar. This is a, uh, I was talking to you about this card for Popper. Where are you now? Yeah, because it's a, uh, a fog. Huh. Fuck, I think I need to use one of my hands. What hint would you like to use? Uh, what does this thing do? So Prismatic Strands prevents all damage that sources of the chosen color would deal this turn. It also has flashback. You can tap an untapped white creature you control. Yeah, this isn't popper. It's a uh, uh, two and a white. You are very correct. This is making... my uh, this is in uh, my popper deck, my yeah. slivers deck. I was making or not sure slivers, this it's, wasn't. Uh, uh, there's another prismatic strand or strand, something similar to that. That's an artifact. Huh? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what that is, but you got that one right, so that's all that matters. Holy crap! This art is nuts. This is a sweet card. Your next one is Incinerate. Is that it? Just Incinerate? Incinerate. Oh, this is uh, one in red. You are deals, very right. Deals three damage to something, can't be regenerated. Yep, three damage to any target. A creature dealt damage this way cannot be regenerated. But this, is this Ice one Age. is Age. This one is specifically the, uh, oh, it's the fifth edition one. It is gnarly art. Scott Fisher art. I'm going to look it up because I want to see it or share it. Oh, no, don't share it because if you have your other cards. Up. You will. I have the next one. And I think this next one means you are the winner this week. <laughs> oh, your, your next nice. one is Palladium Mirror. Ooh, I don't know if this is two or three. Ooh, maybe I spoke too soon because there's a lot of mirrors that are two. There's a lot that are. I do You're have right. another hint, though. So what's this bad? 
bad boy deal. This mirror, Palladium mirror, taps to add two colorless mana to your mana pool. Oh, it's three. It's three it, colorless. It is three colorless mana. <sighs> oh, I probably would have guessed because uh, it didn't sound like one of the colored ones. No, one of the ones that taps were one color. That's a yeah. one one. This guy is a two two. So like that almost through that three mana too. So if you would have asked for the power and toughness, you would have got it as well. Yeah, that's true. I could have done that too. Ain't taking no risks. No, you just crushed it. After your first one, you swept, which the first one was, I am going to say, just about impossible. I wasn't even trying with that one. Flame wave? Get out of here. Yeah, not a chance. Well, I did try, but I was way off. Yeah. That you said I was. I mean, you were only off by two red mana. <laughs> yeah, just. Uh, you're, you were and definitely actually, away. I was actually changing my answer to two red red. Oh, were you? Okay, so then you were way before, far away. <laughs> before you said, no, you're, you were close. <laughs> you went the wrong direction. Yes, apparently. Well, Matt, you're a big winner for today, bud. I'm the winner. You know what that means? Um, you have to never play spirits again. I believe was the. No, that's that's not how it works. The bet. No, I'm just not allowed to play paper Acoria. Is what the the initial thing was. Uh... Which jokes on you? I don't think I was ever going to play it in the first place because quarantine. True. True, true, true. I can give you that one. But in addition to me not playing during quarantine, at least in paper, uh, you also get the shout out for the week. All right. So since you suck and I'm the winner and you tried to trip me up, but you couldn't, I am shouting out a fellow combat player. Uh, that would be a Mr. Cyrus Corman Gill. Homeboy. Say, arguably is, one of the best combo players. He crushes Legacy Storm like there's nobody's fucking tomorrow. He's oh, the yeah. person who makes stuff stock for that format. And he consistently crushes in Vintage, too. Yeah, any deck that he touches that has Dark Rituals in it, he wins. That's it. Uh, the biggest thing is his the Tendrils is the, the big one. Yeah. That's his, his moneymaker. That has won him many a tournament. Yeah. Um, he streams a lot. If you want to uh, look at his Legacy Storm sideboard guide, he has it pinned on his Twitter, so go check that out. Yeah, if you ever want to learn about Storm in any capacity, that's the one. He's the one you want to talk to, absolutely. For sure. Also a really cool guy. I was sitting by him a couple different times. I was killing it at Eternal Weekend. And he's just like a genuinely nice person. Oh, he's he an is, absolute sweetheart. He is your stereotypical storm player who likes to wear the Carhartt beanie. So I think he might he have started that, that trend. Yeah, he might have started that trend. Yeah, he is the he is the father of storm players wearing Carhartt beanie. That is possible. I love that. He's a trendsetter. But yeah, he uh, pretty much specifically talks about magic on Twitter. So uh, go give him a follow. And he always has some pretty good. Uh, pretty good shit going on yeah he's a good follow and he's got he's uh, you will learn a lot from just him just interacting with life the way that he like looks at storm hands is bewildering yeah he can, like he's he on can he's see on the future. next level yeah next level storm it's gross like he's done it so much that he's like okay if i brainstorm here there's this percentage that i hit this and then from there it's i just need to hit this and then this and it always seems like luck, but he's he has it mapped out. He just yeah, but he's so, so many humble, freaking... he, makes it, he says that it's luck. Yeah, and it's like, no, you just run the numbers. He's just and genius. you have so many reps down with it. Just muscle memory. Yeah, watching him play, it's almost like autopilot, but he's also autopiloting like one of the hardest decks to ever play. 
He also does love foils for his storm deck, which I can get behind that. His decks are always very pretty. That is true. He has some sweet, uh, I think they're Jap- Japanese, Chinese, some Asian language, um, dark rituals, and they are fucking gorgeous. Oh, I'll hell actually, yeah. I'll actually tell you what the art is right now. I need not long to find it. <laughs> this it's is instant like gratification. The, yeah, I guess. Because like, there's only two foil dark rituals. They're the Mercadian mask. Yeah, the masked ones. That's the same that the brainstorm, the foil brainstorms are. Yeah. The old one. Yeah, and they look dope, and they are not English. Which... That's extra cool, yeah. Style points out the app. Style points for sure. Damn straight. That was a great, yeah. Cyrus is the best. Great shout yeah. out, Matt. Yeah, go give him a follow. Fuck, yeah. All right, dude. You got anything well, else for me? I think that's all I got. Are you planning on, uh, you're going to play some, some Aquaria Limited, aren't you? This weekend, probably, yeah. So then we're gonna have we're gonna have some actual data because I'm definitely gonna play it this weekend as well. We're gonna we have some real data to talk suck about. Suck limited, but yeah, and probably some bad beat stories. Um, there will be those. It's the first time I played the set. I don't know all the cards. Yeah, so tune in next week for us talking about how badly we got crushed in Aquaria Limited, or how bad I got it right. Yeah, or how correct we are. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean towards the former of that two, but you never know. Probably yes. <laughs> That's a fair assumption. All right, dude. Well, we're going to go take our lickings, and then uh, we will see you next week. Nerd! Peace.